0: You're listening to Stories from Central Mass Podcast with your host, Mike. When I was in grammar school, before my mother became a nurse, she was a teacher's aide in the Worcester Public Schools. And this is when my parents were together, of course. And my dad told her once that Kaldor had a telescope that you could see the flag on the moon. And, of course, he thought she didn't believe him, but she ended up telling the teacher she worked with, and that teacher told the principal, and the principal was asking my mom if my father could give him information on where he could purchase this so the kids at school could see the flag on the moon. Yeah. True story, most public schools, Columbus Park, mid-80s, good times. So this story took place, uh, let me see, probably 1998, I believe. I had just turned 21. This was my first St. Patrick's Day, being 21, and my buddy Glenn and I were leaving Breen's and following my buddy Russ and his sister, who were in another car, over to the Blarney Stone. And we headed down Park Ave, and Russ and Trisha are in front of us, probably five, ten car lengths in front of us, headed down Park Ave, right in front of O'Connor's Funeral Home and T-Bird Pizza. That's what it was back then, I don't know what the heck it is now. So, a Geo Tracker coming the opposite direction had stopped abruptly to turn left into T-Bird Pizza right in front of O'Connor's and uh, Russ and Trisha had already gone by him, but the guy had stopped so quickly that a small Toyota Celica had hit him from behind, right under his bumper and back tire, and it looked as if the truck had gotten kicked like a football. It went straight up in the air, kinda corkscrewed and flipped towards us. So, uh, well, cat leg reflexes, whatever you wanna call it. It was some impressive driving, I must say. I cut the wheel abruptly, Tap the brakes, like just a little bit, you know, kind of skid a little. And I look out my passenger side, past my buddy Glenn, and there's a guy in his 50s doing the exact same maneuver I am. In his, I think it was like a Dodge Intrepid or a Dodge Stealth or something like that. I'm not sure what it was. It was a Dodge? I remember that. And we kind of mirror image, spun out together right into uh, T-Bird parking lot. <clears throat> Neither one of us got hit. We didn't hit anyone else. It was pretty cool driving. But we jumped out, Glenn and I. And ran over because now there was a geotracker with two 20-something-year-old guys upside down uh, with a, you know, like a ragtop. So I ran towards the, the vehicle and Glenn ran around to the passenger side, and I ran to the driver's side. The driver was stuck upside down with the seatbelt on. Now I know from being a Boy Scout as a kid. That whenever somebody's hurt, maybe there's a spine injury. You don't want to. You don't want to move them. I don't know if the guy was spine injury. I have no idea. I was 21 years old. I ran over. I cranked the door open, which gr- you know, it, 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 like scratched against the ground because it was upside down. And I reached over and I unhooked the guy's seatbelt, and he just fell <laughs> like a like a blob right onto the pavement because he was upside down and it was a ragtop. Meanwhile, the passenger who I can remember vaguely seeing through the the windshield of his car, didn't have a seatbelt on, and threw his hands up and grabbed like the top of the roof as they tipped over. And luckily for him, he just fell upside down inside the car and he was okay. He actually got out of the car before Glenn could even get around to the other side. So I just ran over and we like, I pulled this guy out and he's like, oh, you know, I'm like, hey, are you okay? You okay? You know, I wanted to be the hero. and. First thing the guy says to me goes, "Do I smell like booze?" I'm like, uh, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh." So apparently he was uh, a little buzzed and stopped short without using his direction on the poor bastard that hit him from behind. I never got to go see him because he pulled over to the right and the ambulance was there right on. Within seconds it felt like, and this was a long time ago when I when this happened, but I never went over to his car because you know, like I said, the ambulance was over there and the police. But uh, his windshield was broke, and I can remember seeing them put a neck brace on him. And he had like a, a, you know, his face was a little bloodied and stuff. But uh, yeah, it was pretty intense. And then, uh, you know, uh, Early's Towing came out like a pit crew and just pulled up alongside of the truck, pounded some metal rods into the ground, like right next to the bumper of the vehicle, hooked some chains to it, pulled the truck or the, the tracker right up against the pipes and flipped it over right onto its wheels, rolled it right up onto it in a matter of minutes. They swept up the glass, the ambulance took the guys away, the police took some uh, information from the two guys, and uh, I wasn't sticking around to talk to police or anything like that, I just watched from afar, and Glenn and I drove away, met up with Russ and Trish, and told the story, but <clears throat> yeah, it was pretty crazy to pull a guy out of a car like that, you know? I've had, I've had quite a few stupid car accidents myself as a kid. I mean, I told the story about letting Katie drive my truck and we crashed into Mr. Nguyen's van and put it up on his front lawn. You know, I was like 17 years old and I was driving my mom's Cimarron, which is like basically a Cavalier with uh, ground effects and leather interior. So it's officially now a Cadillac. And I ran a yellow light <coughs> and I hit a minivan and oh, that poor lady smacked her head on the windshield. I, uh one time I had an eighty two Toyota Celica It was a rust bucket my aunt had given me. But it ran and it was a stick shift and it was like a little race car. I loved it, but it was such a rot box. I had I, I was on my I was late for the one semester I went to college at QuincyG and I had to get there and it was all icy and the windshields were covered in ice and so it wasn't the back windshield. And I had no patience to scrape it. So I scraped this little tiny peephole of ice, and I tried to drive down the street. I got down to the intersection at the bottom of my hill. I'm like, I can't see a thing. And I realize I have to pull over to scrape my windshield. So I back up, and I feel my car like crush up onto a snowbank and i'm like oh crap i am i'm stuck i get out no i didn't crush a snowbank and i backed into a poor lady in her jeep cherokee driving her kids to school and completely because my car was a rot box crushed my trunk of my car like flat i mean it, it made the car look like it was a fastback compared to a notchback like it was <clears throat> and I looked at the alert and I'm like, oh my god And the lady came out and she's like, what the hell is wrong with you? And she's yelling at me and I'm not proud of this As an adult now, more of an adult now The lady's like, what's wrong with you? And I started to explain myself and she started yelling at me And I was like, hey lady, don't yell at me You know <laughs> She had every right in the world to yell at me I'm a moron, I backed into her car out of the clear blue I, I, Basically I could only imagine what she saw She pulled up behind this car that was covered in ice It stops then just backs into her I, I, Jay and I were in a, his wagon when we were younger, and some metalhead and a little tiny, I don't know, it was a escort or what, just T-boned us, blew the windshield. i uh, not the windshield, the passenger side uh, glass out of the out of the car on the side. It was like the back door. Spun the car around, and he's like, "Oh, my friend works at a garage. We'll get it fixed." Gave us some bogus number, and we let the guy go. That was a bad move. You know, there was a bunch of bunch of things. I'm I'm really surprised that, and I'm really blessed that I I didn't get hurt. You know, it's it's just really really is amazing. I mean, as as I got older, now I I don't speed. I got some stupid speeding tickets as a kid. I don't speed anymore. My wife laughs at me. She says I drive like an old lady. But uh, it's just not worth it. I gotta be I gotta play it safe for now. I have kids of my own. I wear my seatbelt all the time. Every day. For the last 20 years I've had my seatbelt. So, I got that going for me at least. But, uh... I can't really think of too many other ones right now. If they come to me, I'll I'll add them. You know? Because, uh... Oh, wait. That, That Cimarron I was telling you about. There used to be this rude... Jerome Ave and uh, there used to be an intersection over in Auburn that went cr- like a road that cut across and it was a very steep hill and my buddy Pat and I hit that road that cross section road I used to tell him about it how I'd hit it and you get a little you know suspension lift of your car almost feel like you're doing a jump and I was bragging about it so I hit the thing at like 35 could have been 40 miles an hour and the truck car went airborne <clears throat> this little Cadillac Simmer, and I apologize, I keep clearing my throat. I, I'm not feeling that good, but we went airborne. And I can just remember seeing the, the lights from the headlights of my car going up, up, up the side of this building and up into the trees. And I remember f- feeling the, the, the rev of the car accelerate because now the wheels weren't on the ground anymore and we flew and just smacked down. And as I said earlier, this car had ground effects about a month later my father's like hey using the car what'd you hit I'm like I didn't hit anything what are you talking about he's like ah the ground effects the fog lights are all busted underneath the car what'd you hit you hit a parking curb or something I denied it and I didn't even know until like months later I'm like oh man that was probably when Pat and me jumped the the caddy you know after that I'd I'd attempt to do it again and I I didn't have the balls to to punch it going there you know but anyway, those are just some stories of, of driving. I guess these are some things I, th- I think of now and again. Not the greatest stories, but like I said, I need to get in touch with some people and uh, bounce some of these ideas off of them. They're a little better when somebody else can question me or, you know, make sure I'm not bullshitting when I'm telling these stories. So, uh, well, hey, uh, also listen to uh, Weird AF News, the angry Florida guy. He's pretty funny. Kind of sounds like me. Maybe it is me. Who knows? (laughs) Oh, dude, I'm dying from the calls that you had. (laughs) I'm dying. I want to publish all of them. They're so good. I want to publish three of them for sure, dude. For sure. Oh, you went off the rails with angry rants at the end of each one, too. So good. So good, bro. is the quote of the day. I'm not a stalker, I just keep track of you. Am I perpetrating if I'm wearing Nike socks and New Balance sneakers? I overheard two guys at work the other day arguing about football. Can't exactly hear what the conversation is about. One of the guys is yells out, "That's bullshit! You're counter-dicking yourself." Now I know what they're trying to say, but all I could picture was the two of them in a dick-measuring contest. I see you're a fat six-incher, and I counterdick you, my slender seven. Or is it to counterdick someone is to whip out your cock after someone is presenting theirs to a potential buyer, and I yell, "I counterdick you!" Or is it still? When you are showing it to a supposed girl, and instead of accepting it, she contradicts you with her own. My buddy gives me a call. Um, this takes place back in 2006 2007. Uh, he gives me a ring, he says, uh, hey, I'm having a party, you know, come on out. Uh, I live in central Massachusetts, he lives in Dorchester, Mass., so I live about 40 miles west of him, you can figure out where that is, it's pretty easy. Um, so he says, hey, you know, my, my roommates went home for the weekend, and they saw their younger sister getting ready for prom, and they got all nostalgic and everything, and we're gonna have a prom team party at the house, you should come out. I'm like, alright, Cool. Um, so I hopped in my car, and I'm heading out there. I got a tuxedo. I mean, I had been in like a half dozen weddings and such, and I stole a piece from every tuxedo I'd ever had and never returned it. So I had a makeshift suit I could I can get by. So I'm rolling out there, and I'm not exactly a responsible person. I At this age, I was like 20, 26, 27 years old. I had a bunch of CDs on my front seat and a styrofoam container with like leftover food and my tuxedo hanging. And I'm so thrilled to be going out there. I'm finally doing something, you know. And, uh, you know, I listening to the music and everything. And I get out to, like, the Mass Pike Extension, which is basically just another excuse to have another toll at the end of the Mass Pike to get you into Boston. So I get on the Mass Pike Extension, and I'm heading into Boston. I bang a left, like, I don't know, just after Fenway Park, going towards Dorchester. And somewhere between there and the off ramp to get to where he was going I think it was like exit 18 I don't know why I remember that or if it's even true but whatever a guy cuts me off and I mean he cuts me off bad he comes whipping from the right hand side and just drives right in front of me and I have to jack on my brakes and my food and my cds and my tuxedo go flying and I instantly lose my mind and I'm like, holy shit, this just happened. I can't believe this just happened. I mean, there's like food on the floor, the CDs everywhere, the tuxedos on the dashboard, and I, I can't tell if the, the legs are getting stuck in the, the barbecue sauce. I, I'm just pissed. So I do something I've never done before, and I just I just punch it, and I start chasing after the car. And part of me is saying, like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Oh, you're not going to chase this guy. And the other part of me is like, i got to fucking see what this guy looks like, man. I just got to see what this guy looks like. I can hear my father saying in my head, Mike, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm saying to myself, I just got to see him. I just got to see him. And and, and so I'm chasing him. And sure enough, we're coming to the off ramp and there's traffic. And, you know, you can go to the left and keep going straight. But this guy's obviously going to get off the same exit I do. So I just, I I now start cutting people off. And I I get right up alongside of him and I stop in an open lane right next to him. I look over and I'm fuming and I'm pissed, but part of me is really, really scared and excited and I don't know what to do and I accidentally tap my window to like roll it down a little bit, but it automatically starts going all the way down and as it's going down, I'm making a gesture to him like, roll your window down and he's looking at me like, yeah, yeah, I'll roll my fucking window down, I'll roll my window down and then he rolls his window down like part way and now there's like, you know, it's almost like face to face and, you know, he's got like red hair and a goatee and he's bigger than I am and I'm like, shit you know but but before I could think or do anything I just yelled out suck a bag of dicks and then I paused and I looked at him and he looked at me and he's like huh and then I drove off and just like that I uncomfortably started hysterically laughing I didn't know what to do I, I was speeding I had just cut off a bunch of people myself I, I, I looked down my my suit's actually all right the food actually didn't fall out the cds are on the ground but who cares you know so I'm driving and I just start laughing to myself And I'm like, oh my god That is the funniest thing I've ever done And there's nobody here to witness it And I'm like, wouldn't it be great if that guy could tell that story And I, everybody could find out about it, you know I, I, I don't know, I don't know So I, I get to Dorchester I go to the party, I see my buddy I mean, the party's already hopping when I get there And he, I start to tell him the story And he's like, yeah, yeah, I, don't give a shit Just get ready, there's girls in prom dresses That are like in their late 20s And the lick is flowing, let's go so I have a good time, you know. Cut to, I don't know, a year or two later. I don't even know how long ago it was after that. I'm at home um, late at night after going out drinking. And I come home and the on HBO is co- like one of the comic reliefs. It's pre-recorded and whatnot. And it's, you know, it's the one that has like Whoopi Goldberg and Robin Williams and uh, I don't know who else. But... um I turn it on just as they're introducing a comedian, and they're like coming to the stage. Louis C.K. I'm like, oh, cool man, I like this guy. So he comes out to the stage. I'm standing like drunk, right in front of the television, like six like I don't know six inches away from it. And he comes out and he's like, "So, guy told me to suck a bag of dicks the other day in traffic." And I froze. And I was like, I told like a guy to suck a bag of dicks in traffic once. And he goes on to tell the story, almost word for word, the way I just told it to you. Except, the only thing he added was that he said that the guy had a dog in his front seat and then flew into the windshield. Apparently a tuxedo, CDs, and some leftover food looked like a dog. Or, I don't know. Maybe it really wasn't him. Maybe it's all just a weird coincidence. But that story, I believe it was him. I don't know I I looked into it later on and found out he was actually from the Boston area but I mean, the car was kind of shitty that he was driving he was already an established comedian I don't know it's just the story it's just something that happened to me that was a weird coincidence that may have just matched up perfectly with somebody else For all, I don't have any idea where his story took place this is just a story that happened to me that made me say hmm so anyway that's it